Let's just lift our hands up everywhere. And I just want to pray. I just want to thank God. I want to thank him. Lord, I thank you for your blood. I thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, that we didn't deserve, we didn't earn, we didn't work for. God, Lord, you gave it to us. You, you so loved, you gave. And I thank you, God, that you so loved each and every one of us that you gave. And we get to receive the blood of Jesus today. And I pray that somebody experience that today and not just know that today. It's one thing to try to understand God. It's another thing to experience who God is. And I pray you have an experience with God that messes you up. An experience so wonderful, so incredible, so, so, so moving. It just it messes you up. It messes up your schedule, your hair, your makeup. It messes up your outfit. It messes up everything. It messes up your day. You can't focus on anything, think about anything other than the blood of Jesus Christ and how he saved you, how he covered you, how he delivered you, and how he ministers to you each and every day. And Lord, I thank you, God, for that. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You're so faithful. You're so good. I want to do something a little different. I want you to stay standing, but I want them to turn the lights up. We're going to take communion, and, and I want you to be able to see. That's why I want the lights on. And then go to the uh, media team, if you'll turn when you get a second to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That's our scripture for communion today. If you have your communion cup, pull your communion cup out. If you don't have your communion cup, just raise your hand, and one of our ushers will come get it to you. we got two up here, two up here, one up here, one right there. <clears throat> all right let's read this scripture while they're receiving that for i received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which was broken for you do this in everybody say it remembrance of me all right now the next verse in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, say it with me, in remembrance of me. And then it says, For as, oft as, you, uh, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so this, why do we do communion? Because we remember what he did. When do we do communion? As often as you do communion. If you make it a religious practice, it will always be a day and a time and a place. If it's a relational piece and aspect to your walk with Jesus, it'll be as oft as you do this. There's a lot of people who try to take the book of Acts and there's two places, Acts chapter three, and then in Acts chapter 20, where they talk about that they met at the beginning of the week and they broke bread and they stayed together and they fellowship, they communion, and they had, they try to use that as they did it regularly every day or every week or every, that's not what he says and that's not what it says. It says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance to me. And let me just tell you, communion is for the believer. There's never a part in the Bible where an unbeliever takes communion. If you don't believe in Jesus right now, it's okay to not partake in communion. You're not, you're not obligated to. But when you do this, you remember the sacrifice that he made, and you take a moment to thank him. So I want you, if you can, peel back that first layer. You have to have the Holy Spirit's help on some of those little packages there. That's, it's not easy. <laughs> 
And then I want you to go ahead, just like Jesus did, I want you to take that little bitty wafer. I want you to snap that sucker. Uh, I re- how many grew up in church where they passed a loaf of bread? And I grew up in church where they passed a loaf of bread. And I w- when I was a kid, I was like, man, I'm so hungry. I-, I, would took, I took like a chunk of bread. My dad would give me a look like, you little, and he landed. And then so I'd, get, I'd feel convicted. So I, I literally would like peel off what my little sticky hands had already taken and then put it back in the bread. And people looking down the road, they're like, oh, this kid. I'm thankful that we have sanitary little wafers that you don't have sticky little bread fingers. All, you know, we're, we're going to receive this and we're going to remember that Jesus' body paid the price so that you could be a part of the body. Lord, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. We just remember. I just, let's just, I literally, let's take a moment of silence. I want you to remember the sacrifice. And Lord, we remember it and we thank you for it and we honor you for it and we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said? And then peel back that second layer with your little shot glass of communion. And I want you to get ready to receive this. And this, is, this represents the blood of Jesus Christ. We just got through singing about it. He, did you know he shed his blood for you? Turn to your neighbor and say, it was for you. Because a lot of saved people come to church thinking, oh, it's the blood of Jesus for you, know, you crazy sinners. No, no, no. It's for everybody who thinks they've lived a good life because goodness will not get you to heaven. It, it's for everybody to receive the blood of Jesus Christ, not just from I'm, I'm good, but because he is good. And because he paid a price and shed his blood on Calvary to the last drop that water would flow. That's why I can receive this. So we partake in it, uh, not for anything other than to remember. It's not transubstantiation, or I messed that word up, but it's not, we don't believe in transfer. We just believe that this represents, that this is the shed blood of Jesus Christ and I receive it and I'm able to partake in it because he did the work. So this is the completed finished work of Christ that we're partaking in. Lord, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. And I pray right now that we would remember the shed blood on Calvary. We would remember that it was for us. We would remember all, all the sin and the shame that you washed away, God, because you covered us in your righteousness. And I thank you that your grace is sufficient. I thank you that the blood covers a multitude of sins. I thank you that the blood does the work. The blood remembers. The blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, covers all. And I thank you, God, Lord, that we plead the blood of Jesus over our life and we receive it and we thank you, Lord, for it. And we remember what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's receive. All right. Awesome. I want you to get that cup ready. Our ushers are coming down the aisle, but before you're seated, I want you to give two people around you a high five and say, that communion tasted good today. And you can be seated. Great job. We got our wonderful four services today, and we're going to baptize some people in our fourth service at the end of our fourth service. And then on top of that, uh, we have our 3 p.m. Brookdale service for our elderly, uh, which is awesome, wonderful. 
So we got five services today. We have our Tuesday night service, which is our sixth service of the week. And our seventh service of the week is midweek service. And we have uh, people showing up and over a thousand people that Allie talked about that call this church home. And we are so thankful for a healthy, vibrant, growing church that continues to co uh, just continues to see the favor of God on it, uh, let alone not just here locally, but our nine home churches. Uh, Kansas is streaming in right now. I heard Nancy's streaming in. Uh, we got Florida streaming in. We got Montana. Anna streaming in, and I'm so thankful for everybody who's streaming in today and being a part of this uh, a wonderful opportunity to take communion. I hope you took communion with us, and then also just give thanks and glory to God and hear a good word from the Lord. Uh, I, I want to teach to you today uh, from a passage of scripture that's going to help start uh, or just uh, set a foundation of water baptism doctrinally for each and every one of us. So if you'll open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 30 and verse 17, uh, I'm going to teach from there. This is a doctrinal message, which is, is what we're called to teach as preachers. And uh, we're called to speak the word of God and, and bring clarity to the word of God and understanding to the word of God. The Bible says in the last days, they will, the, the people will heap up to them uh, uh, teachers that pour honey on their ears. And so give them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. And, and the Bible does say, now that, listen to this. The Bible says that the word of God is like honey to your lips. So listen, all you teachers and leaders out there, it's the right thing in the wrong place. And so we, you have to understand that scripture is good. It's all good for reproof and rebuke and correction direction. The, the word of God is great, but you got to get it in the right place with the right perspective because twisting scripture to fit your agenda is always dangerous. And so it clog up the ears of believers instead of be tasting on their, and instead of being able to taste and see that the Lord is good, they're going to have a frustrated life and be like, I don't understand. I can't hear God. All I can hear is you. And we don't need people to hear man. We need people to hear God. Come on, give God some praise. If you believe that we, we need people, I, 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 we need preacher, we need preachers and teachers to not get up here and give you a, another really cool, more relevant current message that, and reteach some kind of wisdom that Beyonce taught two weeks ago. I, we need the word of God up here. We need preachers and teachers that know how to teach from the word of God and an anointed word of God because I believe that there's a generation that's hungry for the word of God. I believe when people say that this generation is leaving the Lord, I say you ought to come to our church because I got a lot of young people who don't want just another cushy, good, feel good message. They want something deep. They want some meat. They want some substance to where they can go out there and change the world because it's hard to change the world on ice cream. But you can change the world with some, some substance in you. That's just extra. That's not even for today. But uh, I, I just encourage you when we're talking about water baptism, I want you to write this one phrase down. It's the title of our message today. Water changes everything. Water changes everything. Now, by the law of first mention, water is, is, is in the uh, book of Genesis. And, and you need to understand the law of first mention. It's really important. I don't have time to go into much of it today. But when the Bible mentions something for the first time, it has tremendous power, depth, and authority to it. And so when you see the water mentioned at the beginning... It says the waters covered the face of the deep and the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. So the water literally covered the earth. And that's the law of first mention that we see the water literally has already baptized the earth and the earth. The Bible says that he called forth the firmament thereof. And so he literally caused the earth to come through from the water around the earth. And so we understand that water baptism. And then we know that Noah, we know that Noah, literally the water baptized the earth and cleansed the earth again. We know 
know that water throughout all of scripture, Jesus was baptized, submerged under water. And the Bible says when he came up from the water, not sprinkled over water, not poured over water, but when he literally came up from the water, the heavens parted. And the Bible says that the loud booming voice from heaven came and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And we see all throughout scripture, God has this relationship with water that we can start to comprehend, but maybe not fully understand on this side of heaven. But he does give us a picture of how to see this appropriately and really learn how to have the right perspective. Remember what I said, the right word in the right place. And so what we're going to do is we're going to get an understanding and a clarity upon the word of God through this first piece of how he uh, painted the water and how he taught us about the water with the tabernacle. So I'm not going to read the whole tabernacle uh, and tell you all the pieces of it, but I want to read about where the water was mentioned, okay? So Exodus chapter 30, verse 17 through 21, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze with its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his sons, the high priest, shall wash their hands and their feet in the water from it. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting, or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. It was all positive till that point right there. And then it goes on. He says, so they shall wash their hands and their feet again, lest they die. And it shall be a statute forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. And so this is huge. Wherever God says, hey, do this or die, I think it's at least worth reading. Just understanding, maybe you don't have to dive a deep dive into it, but you should also, you should just probably be like, hey, this is probably pretty important right here. And and we ought to take note of this passage of scripture and how we're going to see the tabernacle. Because listen, the tabernacle is a shadow of things to come. The Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament, right? And we see that this is just a precursor to what could be. And so when the tabernacle came, a place to meet with the Lord, be in relationship with God, to do it the appropriate, did you know that God's a God of order? See, if you don't understand that God's a God of order and see tabernacle, you're going to see your relationship with God as random. But if you see that God is a God of order, your life will see order in it. That's why he says the steps of a righteous man are? Come on. Ordered by God. Are y'all awake? 945? Y'all know the scripture. I'm going to call some of y'all who I know know the Bible. We, 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 We are ordered by God. So we have to have order. So when we talk about tabernacle, you have to understand that God set this up so that we will have a a kind of a map of like, hey, this is how you can commune with me. This is how you're going to walk with me. This is a a shadow to come, but this is how you're going to step into it and fulfill and walk in your purpose and walk in righteousness and holiness, and which is what we're all called to do. And so, um, but first, before we do that, I want to talk to you just about water. Water, of course, we all know that our body is made up of water. water. How much, who's, who's a really smart person? How much water? 70%. 70%. Bow, right there. Free Bible. I don't know. I was just thinking of like what we could give away. You get a free Bible. You get a free Bible. Any question you answer, there, yeah, free Bible. 
Um, uh, so we, we were made of 70% water, right? We have, but listen, I want you to look at some of these statistics, some of these numbers, percentages, put those numbers up of our body. So listen, look at you're up 60 to 65%. You were closer to 70. Well, we have like, we're, we're at, I think we're actually closer to 70%, depending on how much water you drink, you should probably drink a little more water. Uh, but we have 83% in our brain is water. 83% in our kidneys, water. In our lungs, 85%. Our blood, 94% water. Our muscles, 75% water. And then you look at our heart, 75% water. Our eyes, 95 Our eyeballs, people, 95% water. Water's important. You know, and if you remove the water from any part of our body, that's why when we're buried, literally the water dries up and we turn to dust. Because water keeps. We'll get there in a second. But you have to see that not only water is important to just God, water is important to the very creation that he established on this earth as his highest creation. So there is a relationship with God and water that we have to understand and have a healthy perspective of and see things clearly on. And so when you see the tabernacle, now we move forward. We see not only ourselves were made of water, not only did God have water at the beginning and he has water now, but we see God right here. We see God, or sorry, go to the tabernacle. See that, see that little, I was thinking of pictures and I haven't shown you yet. The tabernacle, see that's the kind of like a, a blurry, small image of, of what the tabernacle would begin like. And so that's how it would look like. But then now give me the outline of the tabernacle so that they can see the inside. And this is a basic rudimentary drawing of what the tabernacle uh, would be. So there's the outer court, right? And then you have right here, you have at the beginning, you can see it on these smaller screens, the gate. How many know the scripture in the New Testament? Jesus said, I am the gate. I'm the gate. You did better than 830. They didn't even, like three people said it. I am the gate. Jesus said, I'm the gate. I'm the one who protects. And that's why we know the only way to the father is through Jesus. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. The only way to get there is through Jesus. And Jesus is the gate. He's the gatekeeper. Now the rejoicing statement is that when you cross the gate in relationship with Jesus, when the enemy tells you, I'm going to get you, you could say, no, not today, devil, because I'm on the other side of the gate right here. And Jesus is my protector. God is my vindicator. I don't need to fight my battles anymore. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood because Jesus is the gate. I got Jesus at my gate. He protects the sheep and I trust in my shepherd. I'll, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me because Jesus is my gate. Literally the shepherd in the old Testament was the gate to the sheep. He would lay between the open part where the sheep would come in of the stone and he would lay there as the gate protecting them, keeping them. So Jesus is the gate. And then we have the brazen altar. The brazen altar is so important because this is the sacrifice of the lamb. Now, I want you to write this down. You can't get the lamb without the fire. And you can't get the fire without the lamb. Now, that may seem strange to you, but let me, let me impart this to you. The Bible says you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're baptized by both fire and by water. And listen, listen, when you receive Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus Christ in your life, you receive the Holy Spirit too. 
the Holy Spirit is the fire. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that when the Holy Spirit filled that upper room, it sat upon each and every one of them as tongues of fire. And so when you receive Jesus into your life and you, you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, you don't need to pray to separate gods here. You pray to one God and you say, God, I need you in my life. I need you as my Savior. I need you to fill me. I need you to strengthen me. Come on, church. Who am I preaching to? Do you understand that you can't get the fire without the lamb and you can't have the lamb without the fire? You get both. And that's a wonderful thing because you need to see yourself receiving the Holy Spirit. This is what empowers your life. This is how you live for God. You get on fire for God. We could, I could preach a whole series just on that right there. You want to know why? Because we ought to be on fire. Because yeah. a quiet believer is a? Quiet a quiet church is a? Quiet church. You want to be quiet? Go somewhere else. A quiet church mice has never gotten anything accomplished. The Bible has never shown us that safe living and small thinking has gotten us anywhere. And quiet believers don't change the world. It takes somebody on fire for Jesus to be like, I'm at least a little excited. If you can't get passionate about the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins to cover you in his grace, nothing in heaven or hell will ever get you excited about God. But if you can get excited about what Jesus already did, you're in a great place. I don't need to get on fire about anything else. Some of us are waiting for this, something we've never heard, something we've never, another preacher to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Let me just tell you, if you can't get fired up about the sacrifice of the lamb, nothing will fire you up. Paul said, I am passionately persuaded for the cause of Christ. If you're just here to take up a seat, baby, we need your seat and your parking spot. I'd rather do three services. It'd make it so much easier. Let's do two. Why? Because we can change the world with 12 who are on fire. But crowds don't change the world. Crowds don't change the world. It takes individuals, it takes groups of people saying, let's, let's make an impact. All I need to be is on fire with me and my friends. I just need to be passionately living for the Lord. And if I can change my world, I can change the world. This little church, we're just in Flagstaff, and everybody said, they used to say, hey, what good could come from Nazareth? They say, hey, what, what Flagstaff is just Flagstaff. You know, the Flagstaff is just, yo, come on, Pastor Land. We're not going to reach the world. This little church in three and a half years has planted 135 churches around the world. Come on. We're already in three different prisons. We've seen 400 people make spiritual decisions this year, and at our fourth service, we're going to see 35 people baptized in that say, come on, give God some praise. If you don't get excited about any of that, this isn't the church for you. Because we ought to get excited about God, what he's already done. Because I can't go into the holy place and into the holy of holies not knowing that I'm already taken care of. I'm already washed clean and I'm already forgiven and set free. I've got everything I need and I'm just coming in to thank you, Jesus. I'm just coming in to praise the Lord. I can't go into the holy place demanding like a petulant child every need that I encounter. I need to go into there saying, you've already supplied all my needs according to your riches and glory and come into a place with grace. So let's look at the labor. The labor is what I really want to talk about today. And when you look at the labor, the labor is, is interesting mainly because how it was made. Now we read how it's supposed to be used, but I want to tell you how it was made. How it was made is when they were getting ready to put all the pieces together for the tabernacle. Excuse me. The women brought their looking glasses to the priests. So 
looking glass is not like you and I would think, like a, a glass or a mirror, uh, which is what it means, looking glass, a mirror. But they brought bronze. It was bronze mirrors. And so that's how they would view themselves through their hair and their makeup in the morning. I don't know. But they, they do, they have, they, they will see themselves. And that was what, it was a bronze little piece of metal. So they, they brought them, they, they all brought them together to make this laver. So they literally brought them over. They gave them to the priest. And then the priest, the priest would take them and took all of them from all the women. And then they took them and then they, they beat them. They beat them and beat them and beat them and beat them. And then they put them in the fire and beat them and beat them and shaped them and shaped them and shaped them. And then they, after they shaped them and beat them and put them in the fire, then they would put them in the water to solidify the new shape. Let me just tell you the first thing that you need to know when it comes to being baptized in water, when it understand the doctrine of baptism is it changes your identity and it changes your image. It, you, you don't have an issue problem. You have an image problem. And if you, from the fall of man, see, we were created in the image of God, but since the fall of man, we've had an identity crisis. We got sexual identity crisis going on right now. We got all kinds of perverted identity crisis going on right now. We got a who am I crisis. We got a where I should be and who I, well, I don't know what I am and who I am and where I go. We don't have issues. We got image issue. We need to deal with the image issue. And how we do that is saying, God, I'm going to surrender how I look for how you want me to. I'm going to surrender my image for your identity. I'm going to surrender what I want to look like for who you created me to be like. And I'm going to give that up to you. I almost titled this message, Beat It Out of Me, Lord. Because literally, they just beat those pieces of metal. Beat them out, beat them out, and they just, oh. Parents, spoil the rod, or spare the rod, spoil the child, right? No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I, I don't need to go. But we, we, you beat it right out of them, Right? And you beat that old image out. When I got out of high school, I was going to Bible college, and I had, a, I had an identity crisis. Uh, I, I, I wanted to go to Bible college to get my life together, but I used to be a basketball player, and, and I thought I was really good, and I thought I should, was good enough to play in the, in the NBA. Now saying it out loud, it's very laughable, but I thought I should play in the NBA, and I thought I was really good, and I wanted to play. But I, I loved everything basketball, so I, I dressed like basketball, thought basketball, lived basketball, walked around with a basketball, carried a basketball. Everything was basketball for me. And then, but I also dressed like I was a, a wannabe gangster. I, I dressed in all, like uh, I would dress it like I, I was going to Bible college, and they said, okay, we're going to pick you up from the airport. I was like, okay. I was like... I had a couple lines. Let me, let me back up. There's a couple lines that I would lose. I would say, hey, look, you need to listen. You understand? That was one of my lines when I was trying to get people's attention. And the other one was when I was trying to get a girl's attention. And I would try, the line I had, I would say, say, girl. <laughs> I had no game. It's probably, it's probably why I was single all through high school. <laughs> that was my only line, and I never worked. <laughs> But I had that line, well, when my, my, uh, when my RA, my, my, the one who's going to pick me up from the airport to go to Bible college, she called me and she said, hey, you know, I'm going to come pick you up from the airport. What are you wearing? I was like, I'm, hey, listen, listen, I'm wearing all red. She goes, okay, great. You're wearing red. I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm wearing all red. I will have a red do-rag on. I, I'm not kidding. I will have a red shirt on. I will have red shorts on and I will have red Nikes on. Listen, listen. And I was like, okay, you understand? And I, I mean, I literally, I look like Malibu's most wanted. I, I look awful. It was awful. 
But I didn't know it. I thought I looked cool. You know, you walk onto the court like that, hey, maybe this guy's got some game. I don't know. And, but you, you walk into different environments, you look like a fool. But I didn't know I looked like a fool. See, there are times we're living our life with the image we think is cool, but it's not very cool. And, and until somebody walks up to you and says, hey, you're better than that. Hey, you're, that's not who you really are. Hey, we got to change it. Until God encounters you, and I got into Bible college in my first two weeks, I encountered God, and I realized I'm not basketball. I, I'm not this, and I'm not that, and I'm not them. I'm not him. I belong to God. I am a son of the living God, and I now know my identity. I had an image issue that fixed my identity issue. And see, the first thing, what had happened when Jesus got baptized, the clouds parted, and he said, this is my Son, it was an identity thing. And so he spoke identity over him, and identity was back here at the beginning. God's always chasing after your image to put on his identity on you. And if you can let go of your image, some of us, man, we got our own styles. I'm looking around all these styles. Where's my man with the flowers, the, the, the floral shirt? Stand, stand up. I know you don't care the attention. Stand up. Look at that shirt. Yeah, give it up for him. Look at that shirt. I look, come on, guys, give it up for him. Better clap that. He stood up for everybody. I love, he's got great style. Love his style. Some of you got, who's got cowboy boots on? Raise your hand if you got cowboy boots on today. Come on, we got one, two, three. Yeah, right. We all got our flair. I'm trying to pick out some other style. We all have our styles. We all have our vibe. We all have our look. You know, you ever met somebody who had a look, but you know it was like from a little further back than the current date? And, and, and you're like, man, you just rewound to 1993, you know, or 1985 or the 72 haircut. You, know, you just had the same, someone walked up to you one day and you, you were young and they were like, man, that looks good on you. And then all from then on, you never got another haircut. Come on, y'all know exactly, just look straight forward like you don't know if there's anybody in. But I, they're, they're, we just get stuck in those images. We get stuck in a place where we feel comfortable and confident. And God's not calling you into a place where you feel comfortable. He's trying to beat it out of you and say, that is not who you are. You are meant to continually become new. You are created. You are, there's a new thing I want to do. There's a new work I want to do. I want to reshape you. I want to I put my identity on you. And you got to constantly beat it out of you. Say, beat it out of me, Lord. Because we do. We have to let the Lord beat it out of us. It's, a, it's an identity issue. And some of us, we have a hard time. I, I like the way I look. I'm not trading anything. I've, I've helped people walk, learn how to re-walk. Because the enemy taught them how to walk with their shoulder. I, I've, I've taught people how to, to, to just literally talk again, communicate again. Why? Because the enemy taught them to shut up. And God is constantly trying to say, hey, if you'll give me that image, I'll give you a new identity. And the laver, this wonderful laver, started with this because when the priests, when the priests would come from this sacrifice covered in blood, they would come up to this, this place and they would look down and they would see themselves covered in the blood. And now I don't see myself as a high priest. I see myself as a man who is covered in the blood. And all of a sudden I don't see sin and shame. I see purity. I see forgiveness. I see all the sins being washed away, taken care of. And then as I take that water and I wash myself off and I cleanse myself, I see not only that I am forgiven, but I am made clean. Yes. And now I, it's, I, you just see white as snow, purity in my life. Because baptism is an opportunity to wash 
things clean. There's never a believer in the New Testament that was never baptized. Every believer was baptized. So if you've never been baptized, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my, my agenda today. My goal today, we have a bunch of people getting baptized. My goal today, I normally don't tell you what my uh, motive for the day is, but my motive is I want some people to decide to get baptized. Some people in this sanctuary to say, you know what? I, I didn't come in planning it, thinking about it, wanting it, but you know what? I'm gonna get baptized today. I was sprinkled when I was a child or I was, ba- I was baptized a few years ago and I need to be baptized. Did you know it's not a sin to get re-baptized? It's, it's probably actually good for you. It's healthy for you because you want to know why? Because I'm not the same I was yesterday and I'm growing. I'm not the same I was two years ago. I get baptized every two to three years. Why? Because I'm not the same Landon. If I'm still the same Landon I was three or four or five or ten years ago, something has gone wrong and I need to bury the old me and rise up something new. Oh, somebody needs to reinvent themselves and re-identify yourselves and rebrand yourselves. Go get a new haircut today. Go Go change your outfit. Wear something you've never worn before. Do something different. Reinvent yourself. Because if you constantly get settled into a rut, that's all you'll ever experience. And God is calling you to come out of that place. Come out of that place. I'm going to close here in just a second. Josh, if you'll come join me. Uh, But I want to share with you just how this process looks when it comes to the children of Israel. Because remember, they came out of Egypt. And when they came out of Egypt, they came out because of the 10 plagues. Remember, they were captive 400 years. And when they were captive 400 years, if you're captive for 400 years, you have an image problem. If, you ha- if, you ha- if all you've known is slavery for 400 years, you have an image problem. All you see yourself is as a slave. And so he needed to re-identify them. He needed to put a new identity on them. So they come out of Egypt. Why? Because the 10 plagues. What was the, what was the last plague? How many help me? Passover. It was the Passover. And we had the blood of the lamb put over the doorpost. So when the angel of death would pass by, they would move, it would move beyond anybody who had the blood covering the doorpost. And so then they came out of Egypt. So you see the blood. Yeah, the blood over there. In fact, when you go to a lot of European uh, churches and Middle Eastern churches that are Christian churches, if the door is painted red, that means that church is debt-free and paid in full. And they'll, have a, they'll literally have red doors on every church that's paid for. I wish we would see red doors on churches all across America that churches are debt free. We should paint our door red because our door, we are debt free at this church. And they paint it and say, the price is paid. We're all good. We're covered. And so there, there's, there's that. And then after they come out of Egypt, when they're walking out of Egypt, what happens? They're getting out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden Egypt starts coming after them. And then they come to what? They come to the water. And then after they come from the blood to the water, they come to the water and they can't get across, but they need to get across. So Moses pulls his staff out and the water parts. And all of a sudden the Bible says, and there was dry land to walk on. Now, miracle number one, dry land. It could have just said, and there was land to walk on, but it was dry because when you remove the water, it returns to dust. I'm going to get there. But you got to see how this water, like you remove the water and it comes to nothing. And this dry land, they were able to walk right across. Don't worry, I don't bite very much. And you walk, they walk across, they get all the way. And they get all the way, to, all the way to the other side. And when they get to the other side, what happens? The Egyptians start coming after. So the Egyptians are coming through. And now why? Because there's a, there's a huge freaking highway. There's a highway coming all the way down. They're like, hey, come on, Egyptians. We paved the road for you. The enemy had an avenue of access to them as long as the water wasn't there. 
But then when the water came crashing down, one people, it kept them. The other people, it killed them. The same water that keeps is the same water that kills. And when you get buried in the water, that water is going to kill the things that don't belong and it's going to keep the things that should belong. When the water comes down over you, when the water comes over your life, it's burying who you used to be, getting a new identity, but it's also killing the things that should have never been a part of who you are. That It's going to cut off, listen, it's going to cut off the enemy's access to your life because the enemy can't go through the water. In fact, I know through history, if you'll study history, at this moment, moment when the water came crashing down on Pharaoh and his whole army that were in there, Egypt from that moment on was never a world power. It became a conquered place from that point on till today because when the water killed it, there was no coming back from it. Oh, there's a, I'm preaching better than you're clapping. When the water killed it, there was no coming back. When the water buried it, there was no coming back. That old mindset, that old heart set, that sin and that shame. Listen, it's one thing for the cancer to stop growing. It's another thing when the cancer goes completely away. It's another thing when sin stops. It's another thing when sin and iniquity go completely away. Your sin can stop because it's the transgression, but it's the iniquity, the inward bent in your life that needs to be dealt with because while your soul is saved, your mind is being saved and you need the water more than you think because it is going to cleanse you. Whew, I'm preaching good. This is, this is powerful. If you understand the power of water baptism, that's why 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says that the three testify to heaven, the blood, the water, and the spirit. And it says, and they all agree as one. Because when the water comes with the power of the word of God, like I'm preaching right now, it's going to cause people to do one of two things, either clean or clear out. <laughs> yep. A good word with the water of God is going to cause people to clean up or clear out. And let me just tell you, I'm going to quote another scripture from 1 John chapter 2. He says, and if somebody leaves, let them leave because they were never with you to begin with. Because if they were really with you, they would have stayed with you. Because they're not looking for honey in their ears. They're, they, they, or they're looking for honey in their ears and not honey on their lips. They just want somebody to tell them what they want to hear and be pacified. I'm not here to pacify you. There is a water from the well of life that will satisfy you if you understand the power of water baptism and how it changes your life, how it changed our world, how it changed a believer, how it changed the lost, how it saves, how it keeps, how it kills because there is power in the water. Give God some praise right now. Give God a glorious praise. Give God a heavenly praise. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a real praise. Why? Because we need to stay standing. I'm going to close, but I, we need to get crazy about this. We need to get wild. There was a time I took the men to the return, and it was a group of men, and I, and I said, man, you've been, your lives have been changed, and we were just having a worship time, and the Holy Spirit fell, just like with Cornelius in his house in Acts chapter 10, and they, while I was preaching the word, the Holy Spirit fell on these men. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit at our return, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy, and I felt the word of the Lord come upon me, and in Acts chapter 10, just like Paul or Peter, and when he said, hey, who can deny them water right now? They've already gained access to the Spirit. How can we deny them water? And I said, who wants to get baptized? It was 12 o'clock at night, y'all. 
It was 12 o'clock at night. And I said, if you want to get baptized, and this was in October and the tank was outside and it was cold and they, they literally stripped down to the skivvies and they, man, they took off running and jumped into that tank and got baptized as soon as they could. Why? Because they realized there's power in the water. Water changes everything. Oh, come on, let's give God another praise. If you've got, the enemy's got an access into your life. I got saved and I love Jesus. And you got a cute little relationship with God. And every once in a while, you get like, oh, you have these wonderful moments. But every once in a while, you also have these like, what's the big deal? Oh, and doubt comes. Pessimism. Mocking. Foolish thoughts. Lustful thoughts. Negative thoughts. Why? Because the enemy still has an avenue of access in your life. Because you haven't totally been buried. And if you totally get buried, the enemy will stop having as much access to your life as he has constantly had over the last years. I, I know it. That's why I get baptized. Every time I feel like the enemy found an inroad in my life, I'm like, oh, put me in the water, put me in the water, put me in the water. Why? Because I'm like, I'm not gonna, I am not chancing this. I've got a life. I've got a purpose to fulfill. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I've got a church. I've got a ministry. I can't let him have access to me. He will kill me. I've got to stop him where he tries to start. And if you can stop it where it starts, you're, you're going to be unstoppable because you're going to cut off that access point. I don't have time to keep going. Let, let, let me pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for every single person here under the sound of my voice online in a prison cell. God, wherever we're tuning in today, Lord, I thank you, God, that you are speaking to them as a voice of many waters, just like your word says, that the Holy Spirit speaks as a voice of many waters. Lord, you have this depth of relationship with water that we won't fully comprehend on this side of heaven, but I am getting a picture on how important it is in my life. And Lord, I thank you for the water. And the water doesn't have power because it's water. The water has power because of the word. And I thank you, God, that there's power in the water because the words that you've spoken. And I thank you that there's power in the water because the spirit is here. Amen. And I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. If we got an image problem, we need to surrender our image. We need to sur surrender who we think we are, what we think we believe, what our doctrines used to be. We need to surrender and let them get beat out. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if anyone in here heard about the shed blood of Jesus Christ and said, man, I don't know what it is, Landon, but I just felt something. I feel something right now, just like butterflies in my stomach. I feel like I'm supposed to do something. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to give your heart and your life to me. And when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. For all those who are feeling that feeling right now, and you, you feel, and some of you who came in here and you said, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven tomorrow if I died. Right now is your chance to say, you know what? I want the blood of Jesus in my life. I, I want to walk through the gate and never worry about where I am because I'm with the good shepherd. And if that's you, and you want to plead the blood of Jesus over your life and receive grace and eternity over your life, forgiveness in your life, if that's you with nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand right now. 
Raise your hand. Thank you for those hands going up. Thank you for that hand going up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Thank you for those online. Thank you for the hands that are raised and the hearts that are open. Lord, in Jesus' name, for every hand that's raised and heart that's open, God, they're about to receive eternity. So I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I receive you now now. as my Lord, as my my Savior, as my my Heavenly Father. Father. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a good amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. You found your home. If you gave your life to Jesus, this is your new home church. If you've been church hopping, church shopping, guess what? Look no further, fella. You found her. She's right here. Come on, let's give God a praise. You're not alone. You're not alone. Look. I don't believe in the, in the doctrine that says, oh, I go to a lot of churches. I do not believe in that. You cannot be accountable. You cannot grow. A tree cannot grow lest they are planted. And I've taught on this too many times to reteach it. But you, you, you need to rewind and go look at our Bad Apple series. I've taught on that. You need to see how being planted will, will literally cause your life to flourish. Get planted in the house of the Lord so that you might flourish. Right? Flourish and grow. Okay? And then now I'm going to do something totally different. Never done it before. And I'm going I'm to be bold in faith, and I'm, I'm going to encourage you to be bold in faith, okay? I told you my agenda. I told you my heart. I told you my motive for today, a motive of the Holy Spirit. I believe somebody's in here that said, you know what? I came in here. I didn't sign up for baptism, but I think I need to be baptized. And the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. And I know you gave your life to Jesus, but baptism's also an outward ex- declaration of an inward decision. So I get to publicly let people know this is when life changed. This is when a new identity came. This, this is when the enemy lost all access to my life. This moment. I have mine. I have mine. Do you have yours? So I want to ask you, if you feel like that tug on your heart, that's you. I'm giving you some time. I feel like some of you are like, you've lost your breath. You just, just breathe, just breathe. It's all good. When you do, when you, when I give you a chance, I want you to raise your hand and we're going to celebrate and clap with you. Okay. If that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. What in the back? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Keep your hand, keep your hand up. Give them a high five. If you're around them, give them a high five. Yeah. Right back there. Right back there. Come on. Come on. Give her a big high. Oh. Hey, be careful. Don't raise your hand. She was like, wait, no, I was worshiping. I'm like, no, 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 that counts. Three. She's getting baptized whether she wants to or not. No, 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 no. That's awesome, man. Really cool, really cool, really cool. Great. Again, so thankful that you're here today. I want to speak this bridge declaration, and then I want to invite you to come back. I know it sounds crazy, but I want you to, what we're going to do is with fourth service, it's just a worship. So we're going to go for about 30 minutes. So 1245 to about 1115, and then we're all going right outside, and we're just going to, we're just going to worship. Thank God. When people go under the water and they come back up, guess what we do? Yeah! Way to go! Right? We cheer them on. We get excited. So if you want to, let's, let's do something crazy. Let's, let's pack Lake Mary out. Just park it all the way down that stinking street. And let's fill up our 25, oh, 1245 service at about 115. Go have lunch. Come back and let's celebrate all these wonderful lives. 
And if you raise your hand, make sure you see our information desk on just instructions on bathing suit, don't wear white, that kind of stuff. So that, make sure you come. Oh, we got to fill you in on a few little things uh, just to make sure everything's good. Trust me. Uh, uh, so, but other than that, let's speak our bridge declaration and be dismissed and have a wonderful day. I am a bridge builder. Come on. carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Have a great day. Love you all. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we're so much better. Together. Yeah. Forevermore. Victorious